0: rain maker welcome everyone to the grain maker wrestling podcast a prairie proud wrestling podcast covering everything from winnipeg to worldwide my name is blair pachico i hope you are having a fantastic day great weekend whenever it is you're listening to this. i just hope you're doing well and i appreciate you taking t- the time out of your day to listen to this now i first off have to give a huge thank you to a uh, service valley wrestling for helping to set this interview up today. I'm very stoked to have my guest on, and I couldn't have done it without without Troy. So thank you so much to Troy, who is an integral part of the independent wrestling community up here in the Prairies. And you've seen me retweet his stuff. He is a, a just a jam-up guy, stand-up guy. So huge props to him. So thank you to him. This week on the podcast, I am very stoked for my guests. Um, they've competed throughout the independence in North America, even dipped up into Canada for a little bit, which we will talk about. And they've had an incredible run over NOAA. So joining me this week on the podcast, none other than Dante Leon. Dante, how's it going?
1: Hey, what's up, man? Pretty good. Just here in old Illinois in the States. Messing uh, how- up a bit
0: how is the weather in illinois because like this weekend up here in winnipeg we had like plus five then woke up to like a foot of snow so it's very off like off kilter
1: nowhere near that severe but it's a little chilly the sun's coming out so hopefully spring will be here soon so stoked on that
0: i bet um I know you had a very busy week and a very exciting weekend, and I was able to catch your match at uh, VSX against Andrew Everett. And how was that match for you? Was that your debut with VSX?
1: No, actually, it's uh, a return to VXS. Uh, I did a few things with them in the past. Mm -hmm. I don't know, two, three shows. Okay. But this is their uh, first one back after, I believe, Two years. And uh, it was great. Andrew is a talented dude. It was two cool high flyer dudes doing cool high flying stuff. And that's when I had like the most fun. So mm-hmm. it was a good night.
0: Like a, because I I was very familiar with you and I've only seen like a handful of Andrew's matches, but like the first thing that like pops into my head when I see you is like just creativity because like there's nobody like you in the ring. So seeing what you can do and then seeing what Andrew can do as well. And the two of you combined put together an incredible matchup.
1: Oh, thank you, man.
0: Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, he's,
1: been doing that this game for a while and he's done some very cool things as well and i was stoked to work with him because you know when you see a guy because he's the same creativity he can do some wild things that only a handful of other people can do Mm -hmm. and so being able to work with someone like that uh you know you can pull out some niftier tricks that you can't Mm -hmm. usually do all the time which was a different experience but it was, you know, it was dope. How do you like the rest of the show?
0: I haven't finished the rest yet. I saw the okay. uh, the women's match right after with uh, Delmi Exo, And then I just got caught up with other stuff. So I still have a oh, little bit sure. to well, get yeah.
1: it's Yeah. Uh, it was a good show. They're out in Queens, New York. It was a great show. If you could, you know, I mean, we did start the show pretty hot. So Oof. yeah, don't blame you.
0: <laughs> it, like it's... It, unfortunately nowadays with wrestling i find that there's just so much out there and like to try to take in everything it's tough like if i can find 20 minutes to watch something i'll do it but like dedicating a full three hours nowadays it's like you kind of have to pick and choose what you're gonna watch
1: no yeah definitely it's i mean when you got tv wrestling almost every day of the week and independence you know Loaded shows every single weekend, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. Understandably hard to pick out at least two hours to find, you know, something worth of 80 80 hours material.
0: So, yeah. yeah. And, like, we've been blessed where, like, you will see an incredible match on a Friday or Saturday night, and by the time the next weekend comes, like, (sighs) you've already seen something (sighs) as good, and it's like it's a constant, like, one-upping, it seems.
1: Yeah, I mean the talent these days i mean everywhere it's amazing so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah, especially you know it's what's happening right now so something great can happen right on a friday night and then by sunday something else happens great and you're Mm -hmm. like well you know it's just part of the job nowadays i guess
0: Uh, So I wanted to rewind a little bit because I think a lot of the listeners, they may have seen you when you did your first tour with CWE back in 2019. I think it was.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: So how did that all come to be? Because it's like one of the things with independent wrestling and I've noticed with CWE is they will find some incredibly talented wrestlers, bring them up for their tours. And it's, you know, an introduction for them, to canada but then also for all the fans here being like hey there's some incredibly talented wrestlers outside of here
1: yeah uh 2019 dang uh yeah um, five years ago the uh, i don't know man they had a like i was still kind of new to wrestling mm-hmm. in the midwest at that time and then you know on social media you see This company's doing tours. They're doing like city, 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 city. Like, well, I don't know what their longest one was. Maybe like third. I don't know if it's 30 days, if that's a normal amount.
0: I think it was close to 30. It's been one of their longest ones.
1: Jeez. Yeah. Like seeing that and it's, you know, an experience to be able to wrestle on a Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, like at that time was foreign to me. You know, it was just maybe a Saturday, maybe a Friday, maybe a Sunday, and so for that opportunity like i think i just messaged them i was like hey guys what's up i'm not mm-hmm. too far just a, maybe a 20 hour drive not too much i can make it and so uh, you know hit them up ask my credentials i was like i went to black and brave wrestling i travel some around and they were like cool you yeah. want to do an 11 day or a nine day it was something like that mm-hmm. tour And i was like Sign me up, I'll be there, and uh, it was great. Um, got to wrestle some amazing like wrestlers I never even heard of because in Canada, y'all have an entirely different scene than yeah. most people are familiar with, and but y'all have like so many cool wrestling like mm-hmm. history and spots that it's I don't know, uh, a shame that you know some people in Texas might not be able you know, to know what y'all got going there. But after that tour, that even that short amount of time there, I was like, this is like a whole new world a few hours away from the border. And so it was very eye-opening.
0: Well, I guess in the States, because like, you know, you could be booked, you know, in one city and the distance between all the surrounding cities isn't as bad as it is in Canada. Whereas like, yeah, you know, like in Winnipeg, you could get booked, but it's not like there's tons of towns all around here so it's a unless you're doing a cwe tour it's a little Mm -hmm. tough
1: really uh yeah i mean even between those city to city drives it was a good three hours Mm -hmm. or something and you know that's kind of normal but the terrain there is not very friendly in the winter time no so that i understand i can see that being a Big effect with the traveling around wrestling, too, up there. Mm
0: -hmm. It it, it definitely is tough. So, But, I mean, like you mentioned Black and Brave. And what kind of drew you to going there when you first looked into schools for training?
1: I was a YouTube wrestling fan when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So, like, all the independent stars that were cool at that time, like – you know, uh, Brian Danielson, AJ, Tyler Black, Jimmy Jacobs—like those were my like dudes that mm-hmm. I watched because I wasn't a big WWE fan in high school. You know, I was kind of ashamed of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, a few years pass, and then you see you turn on a WrestleMania just with some friends to watch it again, and you're seeing, uh, like, like example, mine was WrestleMania 30. So seeing Brian Danielson become the champion, you see Tyler Black, Seth Rollins in WrestleMania, you're like, wow, these independent guys that I saw back in the day are the guys now. Mm-hmm. And back then it was such a foreign concept. So seeing these guys now and seeing, oh, that dude has a wrestling school that's you know in the country I'm in. So why not go there? Yeah. So that's yeah, that's a probably the biggest factor at that time and uh, I mean it paid off. I mean, good oh, experience. 100%. Yeah.
0: It's uh, like, it's kind of funny when you mentioned, you know, being more drawn to the independence at that time, because when you kind of look at the landscape, I mean, in North America, there's not tons of options at that time. So if you're not watching the, you know, WWE or whatever's on like the main product, you're having to branch out for those different options, you know, your independence, your ROHs or whatever else may come up. So it's very interesting for me to hear that. That's what was more of influential to you than it was, you know, WWE.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, WWE was cool, you know, but at that time, as a kid, it was mostly just not the product itself It's more of the individuals. So mm-hmm. like. Jeff Hardy, RVD. I would watch WWE for those guys. Yeah. But then you get a little bit older, and like my brothers would show me independent clips or of Ricochet doing double moonsaults, like somewhere, someplace. And uh, like that craziness and athleticness kind of in the Indies, especially at that time and now today is, uh, you know, one of the bigger factors of me being a fan, I would say. Yeah.
0: Did you ever, like, I have to ask, did you ever have any aspirations with like backyard wrestling and things like that? Or was it (laughs) strictly into training?
1: Uh, no. Yeah. Um, having two older brothers that were, uh, 10 and eight years older than me and, uh, being like, they were fans during the attitude era, WCW, ECW, And having a trampoline in our backyard, uh, I was kind of forced into backyard (laughs) wrestling a little bit. So, like, having to learn how to take a, you know, 3D properly, you'd have to learn pretty quickly or, you know, you'd be out for a few days. But, uh, yeah, like, in that way, did that for a little bit. Then I think I was around 14, uh, became a fan again. And tried to train like some local backyard places, you know, that had a trampoline slash ring. Yeah. That, you know, uh, but that didn't work out. But uh, yeah, when I was 14, I found an actual ring in an actual building with a guy who used to wrestle in the Sportsatorium in Dallas. So he said, really? okay. yeah, I, but um, who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, uh, so I trained in a real ring for about a year, had some matches, I say in front of like flea market crowds mm-hmm. until I got to a point to be able to go to a real school, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like one of the things I first, you know, discovered about you was when you showed up in NOAA and like seeing you out there, like that blew my mind. And I wanted to ask like. How did something like that come to be? Because it's not like I can count on one hand the the names that I've seen from like North America, which have been like brought over there in the past couple of years. And it's like you, Brian Keith, and there's a couple others. But like, how did that come to be for you?
1: I uh, I believe it was around the time that COVID was just kind of slowing down, and they were allowing. Uh, foreigners into Japan mm-hmm. and so they had a like a open call type thing they had like a they posted about wanting international wrestlers who, who wants it message us, tell us you want it and then I saw that and I was like alright I'm going to try my luck sent over uh, my credentials messaged them uh, linked them a match I had with Ninja Mac who was in NOAA at that time Mm-hmm. which was probably a big help. They saw me working with one of the people that, uh, that was already working for them doing some crazy stuff and sent that message out kind of was like, all right, I think a few weeks went by maybe a month or two. Uh, thought, okay, I guess that ship has sailed. And then a, a few days later, I want to say like it was a month and a half, two months, uh, someone reached out to me and they were like, hey, have you been checking your emails at all? And I'm like, yeah, why? And I was like, oh, because they're asking, uh, they've been trying to get in touch with you. I'm like, what, no? <laughs> and uh, apparently in my spam folder uh, has been these messages like, hello, we would like to talk to you. Uh, two weeks later, another message. And then another days later, I was like, so now I tell everyone, check your spam photos <laughs> like every time, every time you check your email. Cause you never know like what may go there. So, mm-hmm. uh, then they reached out. They were like, would you like to come over for a few weeks? And you know, my bags were packed in a few hours and then headed
0: over there. Was that your first time heading over to Japan?
1: Uh, yes, I believe it was 2021 sometime. And- uh,
0: like, I mean, you step off the plane for the first time, and I have to ask, like, what's the like? Was there any culture shock going on, or like, how how did you take everything in? Because, like, to me, I mean, I go down to the states, and if it's a town I've never been to, like, I'm just blown away. So, I mean, what's it like <laughs> flying halfway across the world?
1: Uh, no, definitely, definitely, uh, culture shock. Uh, it was just different it's everyone is like respects one another and like everything is just like i don't know it was uh like i don't know culture shock. i'm like kind of shocked right now thinking about it because it is completely different Mm -hmm. but also it's amazing food's great uh Everything's super clean, neat, organized, and, like, you know, it's a whole new world.
0: Did you notice much difference uh, between performing in front of the crowds there as opposed to here?
1: Yeah, I would say the crowds over there, like, I don't want to say they respect wrestling, more so therefore they respect like what you're trying to do or what you do. They're just more gracious and respectful and like they're into it. I feel mm-hmm. like it's two different ways And like the States, like a States crowd is different from a Canadian crowd from mm-hmm. like, you know, some of my experiences are different from a Mexico crowd. It's a, uh, I don't know. Uh, explain it but i love it
0: well yeah. i was watching one of your matches against ninja Mack, and like you look into the crowd and like you're seeing people of all sorts you're seeing people in their suits like that they look like they came straight from work oh, yeah. you're seeing kids you're seeing you know women everybody's in the crowd all taking it in and like i noticed this and it's to me thinking like that at a show like here in winnipeg that there's gonna be someone wearing like a business suit going there like not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I mean, obviously you're, you go there for a tour, you're working, you know, a set amount of days in the time you're there, whether it's two or three weeks, the days that you're not wrestling. I mean, how are you keeping busy? Are you able to go and sightsee and do stuff or do you kind of keep it more low profile?
1: Uh, yeah. The first tour couldn't really do much because COVID protocols over there were still very strict. And and so sightseeing was not really an option, but Mm -hmm. they have a uh, dojo, which is a few blocks away from like uh, the living area of the NOAA, you know, talent. Mm -hmm. So that going there training with with the NOAA trained guys and seeing how they do things, it's very different. And you learn a lot just by watching because mm-hmm. uh like when you're over there especially the first time you want to soak everything in as much as possible you want to know why some of these guys are the greatest wrestlers to do it and you understand it's their training it's what they do on the off days it's like a crash course lesson on how to be better at this so the first trip definitely that some ramen shops you know are cool uh, mm-hmm. They have little cool bar areas. But the second time I went, I think it was a few months had passed, and I was there for three months. So, definitely on those off days, you know, went to Tokyo, the Disneylands there are great, and just trying to soak up more unique spots and opportunities since, you know, you are there a lot.
0: You were, so you were going towards when. You know restrictions in North America for COVID, we're kind of loosening up a fair amount. But as we know in Japan, they stayed pretty tight for a little while. Yeah, after. definitely. Was that a, an adjustment at all? Kind of coming from like where things are a little bit more lax, where over there it's a lot more by the book.
1: Not personally, uh, I know some other foreign talent may have you know different views on it. But for me, it was just it wasn't, it was more just a respect for each other and making sure everyone was okay. It wasn't like too harsh, but you know, they would have like, you couldn't, I believe, yell Mm -hmm. or anything. You only clap. So that was a unique experience. But yeah, I was only there for like a little bit until that went away. And then normal crowds were back to yelling and uh, things were more relaxed.
0: Was there any venues that really stood out to you there cuz I know you worked at Corkin Hall, correct?
1: Yes, Corkin is a dope venue. Uh, it's in right in downtown. Uh, it became kind of like a home base of operations mm-hmm. for my time cuz every other week would be there, maybe a back-to-back show at Corkin. So Corkin definitely stands out. Because those crowds, they love wrestling. They want to they see cool, great wrestling. And so those crowds were always sold out, fired up. It was, it was great. Uh, the Budokan, the Pond Budokan there, uh, which was my first match at NOAA. Uh, that building is huge. It's awesome. They have a great, unique setup. For things uh, like you know the lights that was like my first time working with a big production Mm -hmm. from a big company so that one definitely stands out as well
0: was it much of an an adjustment like working indies in north america where like okay you may have worked like a gcw or a jcw where there are you know the production values to it where you're going to know where like hey they're broadcast on the streaming service there's all this there's more you know production involved with it was that an adjustment at all
1: not I wouldn't say it was an adjustment it was just a different scenery that I was okay. a little used to just with the walk-up but after you know if you walk out there a few times and you get used to the size of the crowd instead of you know because back then I you know a few hundred maybe but now mm-hmm. you're working towards thousands and then plus they're streaming on the biggest, you know, wrestling network in Japan. And it would, after you get that, just used to that many eyeballs on you, you're like, okay, this is just back to wrestling, doing what I do that I can do, you know, cool for them, which was, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Uh, well, you had mentioned Ninja Mac and I mean, I have to ask about what it's like when you two step into the ring together because, you know, creativity is a common theme throughout our conversation and I see your matches and I see his and seeing the two of you together and it is like next level, the stuff that you two are doing in that ring. So like piecing together those matches, I mean, like how do you guys fit everything in there?
1: I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We just – because, like you said, we're two different types of people, but we're two very creative individuals.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we know that what he can do and what I can do, not a lot of people can do. So mm-hmm. let's try to show that off and be unique with it. And so it's not really that difficult to put – I don't even think we do that many stuff. It's just, It's just stuff we – we can do Mm -hmm. that we know we can do. And so it's not really too complicated. We just like, Hey, let's switch it up. Let's do cool, cooler stuff than last time is (laughs) our motto. So gonna keep doing that? Probably.
0: It's like when you see a wrestler, like for myself, when I'm watching, like sometimes you can see like people who may have influenced them, you know, with their in ring work, but watching you, like I have a tough time coming up with someone that I can kind of, pick who you've taken from just with the different stuff you've done. Like I, the closest that I can think of is like some of the stuff I was watching back in like the WCW cruiserweights with like a blitzkrieg or someone like that. But like for yourself, who or what were you able to take inspiration from to kind of develop your moveset?
1: At the very beginning, like year one training up, you know, I would, say aj styles <laughs> a little bit of sean uh a little bit you know tyler black a little bit of Mayor Fuji, but as like i've gotten like a few years in and wanted to adapt you know like it's cool that i can you know Uh, do a Pele kick or something that someone else has influenced me to do. But now I want to try different stuff. I want to be as unique as RVD was to me, to Mm -hmm. someone else nowadays. And nowadays that is hard to do Mm because everyone does crazy, cool, unique stuff. It's just for me, like, what can I do and tweak it and make it unique enough or sometimes i just in a ring and i'm like what if i jump from this rope and this rope but like i push my body in this type of way and sometimes cool stuff comes out of that and but most of the time it doesn't so (laughs) trial and error a lot of the times
0: look i have to ask i mean even about the shooting star press into a cutter because I'm watching that and I had to go back and rewatch it a few times because I didn't know how your body was turning to land the cutter. Like just the, the fact that you're able to hit that. Yeah. It's like (laughs) you see the shooting star press and then all of a sudden it's like a quick turn and you land the cutter. I'm like, Holy shit.
1: Yeah. I, I think it was like around COVID maybe. And just had a lot of time around a ring and a crash pad. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, what cool things do I like to do? I like shooting stars and I like cutters. Let's let's try it. <laughs> let's try the fusion, those moves. And so, uh, surprisingly, not as hard as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it became a little eye opener on social media. So yeah, I was like, all right, cool. I should, do stuff like this
0: may as well um i was like i I have to ask because i mean wrestling takes up a lot of your time you know like this weekend you were traveling different cities doing shows i mean you venture off to japan or do a tour there like wrestling isn't a big part of your life but like it's a big part of your life but i'm sure it's not the only part of your life so like when you're not you know wrestling or being involved with it what are you doing to kind of wind down or like kind of do something different?
1: Man, I have two dogs. So I rather just hang out them my downtime. Like I'm on the road. I'm like, man, seeing all these cute dog videos on Instagram, like, dude, I just want to be home with the pups chilling. Uh, like I have a, a ring access, like, Five minutes away so even when I'm like not wrestling I still like to just go be around it like just try to be as sharp as possible on Mm -hmm. trying new things or like so even on my days off I'm really like 100% in in wrestling because my my full-time job is wrestling so Mm -hmm. trying to just relax take it easy when I'm not on the road but when I here I still get restless and just want to go figure something else out, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, with that said, I mean, we're a few months into 2024. I mean, what are the plans for the rest of the year? Are you heading back to Noah at all? Is there anywhere else you're going to be venturing to?
1: Yes. uh, I can't say exactly when, but I will be back to Noah soon. Okay. Going to be, hang there and have a few things in Texas. I'm there quite a bit as well for a Matt war pro wrestling, Mm -hmm. uh, defending that championship down in Texas, in America, maybe in Canada here in a little bit, who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also VXS, I'm kind of aiming towards, uh, might be a big part of the year as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And so those are a few of the things I got. Awesome. I can see. yeah,
0: we'll have to stay tuned and keep our eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I like to ask everybody for a match recommendation. So one that you personally are a fan of, and it can be whether it's WWE independence and new Japan, but one you're a fan of that. you think the listener should go check out?
1: Hmm. I would recommend watching any Kenta versus Marafuji match that is on YouTube. Any of them. You just click on one that pops up. Watch it because it's amazing. It's hard hitting. It is what makes professional wrestling great in my eyes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: at least. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned, you know, where people can find you. What about social media or anything else that you would like to plug? Here's a chance for you
1: uh, in Seeker, Instagram in Seeker Leon on Twitter or X or whatever that mm-hmm. is. And, uh, yeah, those are really the only two social media things I use or yeah. Check out my little clips on YouTube, I guess as well.
0: Hell yeah. Dante, thank you so much for joining me today. I truly appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you so much, to Dante, and thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on all social media, Maker Wrestling Podcast, all podcast streaming platforms, email grainmakerpodcasts at gmail.com. And you can find me every Saturday doing For Exposure with my good friend Plugo as we take a look at the world of independent wrestling up on the Love Wrestling YouTube. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.